Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are on episode 65. 65. 65. Yeah, I like it. It's good. That is awesome. And we've, I, I feel like with every episode that we just keep learning. And then, because, you know, like the last episode that we had, we interviewed a Hustle at Home Mom. Yeah, that was amazing. And learned so much from that episode, right? Yeah. I felt the same way with Craigslist Hunter. And I just feel, you know, we, we talked about this, but the longer we do the podcast, not the less we know, but the more we need to know. Yeah. Or the more you realize you don't know. And that's a good place to be. Um, just because I think uh, mediocrity, like there's a, some kind of quote that's something to the effect of mediocrity is like the enemy of success. Is your right? quote of the week? Sure. Boom. Okay. Pound it out. Right. Like and it's, it is. It's it's so and not saying like any any of our listeners or we at any point are just mediocre with how we do things, but it's easy to get stuck in a routine and not grow. And to be honest, today's topic is one that's going to challenge me a little bit because it's not something I'm great at. Okay, but I don't think it's the topic. I don't think it's that difficult or maybe I just say that out of ignorance, too. But I, I think it's it seems overwhelming. So when you use the word network, right, a lot of people that that's just natural to them. Right. They're they're, you know. They're the person that can work a room. Yeah, you're a networker. Yeah, but it it took, you know, I guess moving past my inhibitions, right? And and realizing that what do I have to lose? Right. So, but it's tough. I get it. Because and I would say in the reselling community, I really get it because a lot of us, right? Not, not me per se, but I know other resellers that they love reselling because they don't have to engage. Right. They can be like masters of their own domain. They have their own business and and they don't have to, you know, play the game or they don't have to be in the rat race or, you know, they don't have to put on a smile all the time. Like they can just be who they are. And a lot of times they don't run into other people. Right. So networking itself. But I wanted to share this. Uh, have you noticed our DMs? We, we get some questions about networking. Mm -hmm. Right. What's one of the biggest questions we get putting you on the spot right now? Well, I mean, one of the ones, and we talk about a lot, is um, do you share your reseller? And if so, how? How do you share your reseller? Okay, so that's one of them. And actually, what was that episode eight? Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about it. So if you go back to our episodes, we have a whole episode de dedicated to sharing. We'll probably do another one just because, you know, there's kind of some nuances that we've learned along the way. But on this one, I wanted us to discuss... You know, I titled it How to Network to Level Up because I really believe networking is the key to level up your reselling game. I, I think it's doable without it, but I think this will fast track you to it. Yeah, no, I believe it, especially when it comes to even buying stuff, right? So um, it's easy to source at garage sales and thrift stores and get occasional little finds here and there enough to sustain you. Um, but, you know, some of the resellers that I really admire and kind of look up to and kind of watch what it is they're doing. Some of the things I've seen is they make contacts with, you know, for instance, one I saw made a contact with several boutiques and made like here items that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And if you get these items, I will buy them like in bulk from you, like immediately you don't have to put them on your shelf or if they've been on your shelf for too long, like, and they make those connections with those, with those, um, you know, store owners or whatever. And when those items come in, they get them. And so they're getting constant, stuff without even having to go out and source. Agreed. 
And, and again, they had to step out of their comfort zone. And they, I mean, you're talking to a boutique, right? To me, that would be totally out of my comfort zone, right? But that individual is willing to do it and, and it helped. Sorry about that. Uh, you yeah, know. I saw that. I saw that grin of yours because you got an eBay notification. I know, but it it was uh. not planned. I know, we it, it went off on the live that we did right before this, and then they followed up with payment, so it was nice. But okay, <laughs> let's get back to where we're at. Don't you love uh, you know organic? We should edit that out. No, we're not going to. It's all good. It's real life. If we're we, real. If if I had a dollar for every time Orlando said we should edit that, I'd be, no, I'd be I think there's wealthy. a lot that we could edit, but you know, it's part of being real, so we're good with that. You know, you could just put your phone on silent. And, uh... I, yeah, you're right. And I and I thought I did. Okay. So let's get back to this. So what I thought we should kind of break this down into three sections, right? And by the way, what, what else do we do on these episodes? Oh, yeah. Now we're doing our um, hustle of the week. So during the every other week kind of themed, not our big update episode, um, we're going to do our hustle of the week. So please make sure you're still sending those in. Uh, we love to... We only get a handful of phone calls and almost every phone call that we get makes it on. So we'd love to get some phone calls. Um, those are always fun to play. Um, otherwise, keep using that hashtag hustle of the week. Make sure to tag us uh, and make sure that other people see, you know, what it is you're doing because, you know, it really does help the community. And always remember, if you're following that hashtag, you're basically following bolos, things to be on the lookout for to make profit. Right. I've learned a lot from the hashtag. Even, you know, we've only had it up for a year. There's some other random posts on Instagram that aren't related to this podcast. So maybe, you know, you learn other things. But as far as, you know, what to look out for, that's definitely a good place to go to. Yeah, maybe do hashtag uh, hustle the week, hashtag pure hustle podcast, and then we can we can filter them out a little easier. Yeah, I don't know. It Okay, do what you got to do. <laughs> I don't know. I just no. it's funny because I I hashtag pure hustle podcast and I've there's like four things. But if you hashtag hustle the week, it's like it, there's a good amount. People have done it. It's good. So that's why. So, but maybe we'll start a new t- hashtag trend. Yeah, I'm just saying do both. Like, you I, know, can... I know you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's getting late. What, what time is in the studio? It's 10 11. All right. That's all right. I can tell. See, I'm a night owl. So I'm just getting started. Mike, you know, Mike's a early worm. So our next episode, we're going to do 4 a.m. bright and early here. Yes. And it's going to be live. You oh, man. You do not want to see me at 4 a.m. Now, I'll make sure to stay up until 4 a.m. I don't think I'll go to sleep and get up at 4 a.m. to record a podcast. That would be miserable. 4 a.m. That's brutal. But you, How long have you been waking up at 4 a.m.? Oh, I do it. I mean, it's been a while, a few years, a couple years. Like, it's just like, do you need an alarm clock or is it natural? No, usually not. If I don't do an alarm clock and I'm like really trying to sleep in, I might make it to like 5, 530. If That's I'm sleeping in? Yeah. That's insane. Sleeping in is like noon to me. So, and I have to force myself to wake up. Wow. I, and I, and I do have kids. So my kids, my, my youngest one gets me up at six in the morning and it's miserable. Miserable. Yes. It's bad. And I'm interested in how this connects to networking. <laughs> doesn't. I just, a lot of you have followed us on the podcast and Mike and I are so different on so many things and so like on so many things. So, Hey, just thought it would be real. All right. Let's talk about this. Three ways we're going to talk about, how to network to level up. We're going to talk about in the wild, like when you're out there in the field, whether it's garage sales, thrift stores, running into people, then on social, social media is huge. And I know a lot of our listeners aren't on social media and we strongly encourage you. And we're going to tell you why and give some examples. And then when it comes to meetups, 
right? And meetups to me are always encouraging. And by the way, we are planning on having one another one in the fall. We haven't locked down when or where, but it will be somewhere in SoCal. And uh, I think I think we'll have a good turnout. So I hope so. Unless we say something crazy in the next two weeks and Purcell Podcast is done, but hopefully we have a good turnout. Okay, in the wild. First tip: be ready. Are you ready to network? Yeah. When I when I wake up in the morning, I uh, I brush my teeth and I say, "I'm ready to network." Okay. So what do you mean by like? Sorry. So I'm assuming this means like, um, have business cards, have something to like offer, some way to like. When somebody asks you, the opportunity comes up. You have a quick and easy way to let them know, I'm a I'm a reseller. Maybe even like a, a little spiel that you give. Like, mm-hmm. do you have a spiel? Uh, yes, and I'll share that a little bit. The first thing that I will say is, a business card is non-negotiable, right? But you don't have one yet. I don't. I don't have a business like a personal business card. I need to get one. I know I do. You know, um, you remember the the shows that used to be on MTV? Like Johnny Knoxville had a bunch of them. They were like, you know, the Wild Boys and all yeah. that. One of the guys, um, I think I can't remember his name. He was one that passed away when he was pretty young. Um, one of the things I watched a documentary on him and he it was really interesting. He had, he was like very eccentric and he had lots of different things that he was like into and he had a business card for all of them. So like if he like worked on, like did some plumbing for somebody, he made a business card as if he was like a plumber or like if he researched something on like astro engineering, he'd make a business card and he had all these business cards and in any conversation that he had with people, he'd be like, oh yeah, I do that. And he'd hand him a business card for it. Like, that's pretty interesting. But like, that's can you genius. Imagine? I mean, we have we have two different business cards. We have our Purosa podcast business cards, right? That we shared with people at eBay Open. But we're not going to share our Purosa podcast business cards at the garage sale, right? I or do think we should start. I can't tell you how many times I'm at like thrift stores and we see other resellers. That's one area where I feel like when we're on the podcast, when we're on social media, we're all about like sharing. And yeah, connecting. developing a community. But then like when you, I feel like a lot of times, unless it's a listener, I've, I've, found, I've met listeners out in the wild, out at thrift stores, and that's always a great experience, right? Like talking to them and stuff. But other times it's almost just like, you know, you meet the eye contact, you don't want to talk to each other when it's like, why not? Like, Hey, I've got a podcast. Like, do you resell? What do you like? Why do we not like build a community? I've been doing like that? that. You haven't do you? been doing that? No, I don't. <laughs> I do it all the time. Do you, do you give them PRS podcasts? Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, we just got the business cards, but yeah. even before that. I would say, hey, follow us on Instagram, and they take out their phone, and I'm like, this is who we are, and then they would start following us. Huh. Because to me, it's, yes, it is competition, but again, we're in different fields. For the most part, every there's, a, there's two guys, and I'll talk about this out in the wild, too, is another part. There's two guys that, actually, this last community sale, I kept running into them, but it was fine, because at the at the community sale, they sourced different items that... I would source. And what ended up happening is I learned some things from them. They learned from me and it helped me level up my reselling game. It didn't hurt it. Right. We've, we've actually sourced, I think two or three goodwills at the same time and ended up with different items at the register. Right. That's one of the things. So a lot of you have asked us on DMS, what do you include in the business card? So there's different perspectives on this. If you ever watch, you watch American pickers, you know, that flyer they give out. You know I've seen the show, about? but I'm not sure what the flyer is. So they give a flyer and they're like, hey, these are things we're looking for, right? So that's one way to approach it. Hmm. I don't do it that way because I feel like it limits you. So if you want to limit it, you know, you don't... You've got like a specific niche that you're in. Yeah, you can do it that way. I, you know, I'm willing to sell anything that'll make a profit and I'm always willing to learn. So 
I don't put that. I don't put and I don't put my eBay store name or my Posh store or my Mercari or any of that. Which I don't really do Mercari. But I did get a Posh sale though. Yeah. <laughs> my first one. How was shipping? Uh we'll, we'll talk about that in the next podcast. All but right. it wasn't as easy. Uh well, the shipping was kind of easy. It just Poshmark, I don't like people holding my money. Let's just put it that way. That's true, but you know, I think there's some benefits to that. I mean, we even talked about a little bit oh, with delayed gratification. <laughs> no, I mean, one is, I mean, okay, so maybe if you're like, if you're doing the really, really fast nickel and you need the capital instantly to get new items, right? But yeah. if a lot of times it's, you know, if you're not pulling out of PayPal, like, but once every couple weeks or month, anyways. The other thing, though, too, is that does prevent a lot of the problems like we, with our Pure Hustle podcast store that we made on eBay, right? We'll talk about, <laughs> we had problems. Yeah. Are we pl- Are we going to talk about that on this episode? Um, I, I want to talk about it on the update. Okay. Episode. Well, so we'll talk about it on the update episode, but, but, you know, eBay, a lot of times there's more potential for scamming when people pay and there's not necessarily guarantee that the I, transaction. Okay. I see your point. I see your point. And both eBay and Poshmark do a good job protecting yeah. buyers and sellers from that. So I see your point. So anyway, stay tuned for that on the update episode. Being, should I say, baned? We got baned. We got baned by having our account suspended on eBay, but it was all for good reason. It all turned out well. eBay was awesome to us, so we'll just leave it there. All right. So business cards. So I say don't because what ends up happening is if you do leave them your card, and they go to your store and they search solds and they find that the stuff that they're trying to sell you is the same thing and that you're going to sell it for so much more. My personal belief at this point in time is you're, you've sabotaged your own deal, right? Because that person might go, whoa, like, why don't I just list it? Chances that they'll do it, probably slim to none. But it's just something I'd rather be careful of. The other part is, and I've, and I've, I've had this, ha- I know people that this has happened to that they did share the store and then whatever reason that person followed that store and wanted to see how much their item sold for. And then they approached that person, like they contacted that person like, Hey, I didn't know you were going to sell it for that much. I would have charged you for more. And then it caused some conflict. Mm. All right. So just be wise. All I have on there is I have my name, <clears throat> my phone number, reseller, buy, sell, trade. That's it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good idea. And then also um, we, we just recorded our level up review for the four hour work week part one. And one of the things we didn't actually talk about during the review, but he mentions in the book is setting up separate like email accounts, setting up separate phone accounts. And you can get like we have one for Pierce podcast. If you've got an email account through Gmail, you can get a free phone number through Gmail. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of giving your personal phone number out, you can set up mm-hmm. a Gmail phone, Google voice, and you'll get the messages. You'll get the alerts. You can access it on your phone just like it's yours. You can set your phone up so your phone will ring just like it's, you know, or you can have it set up where it goes to the voicemail and then you can answer it later. And that's a nice way of doing it because then you don't have to worry about giving out personal number to strangers free, right? Google voice, you're not, you're not paying a penny for it. So that's an option too. So your name, use maybe a separate reselling email address that you can create. Again, they're free and a separate phone number that it's free to make and consistently use it as opposed to just giving out personal information, which you might be a little bit more hesitant. Now you can set up, that Google text too, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll go directly to you the moment it happens. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's important because let's say somebody's contacting you, right? They, you give them your business card and I've had this happen multiple times. 
it's kind of like dating. <laughs> like if you text somebody, here we go. No, no, no. If you text somebody, right, the longer they text, the longer they they take to text. Studies show there are studies, the less interested they are in you, right? I've I've had some of this experience myself. So, <laughs> what I will say is, with reselling, it's the same. The longer you take to text somebody back, the less interest you show, and maybe they might go, they might change their mind, or maybe they may become busy. But if you're on it and you're insane, you're like, hey. You know what? I'm all for it. I can show up ASAP. I'll be there. That's when it's time to strike. I will say my biggest deals have come from me being right away on the text. And they most likely, and this has happened, I think, pretty much every time, they will say, I'm available now. That's why I shot you the text. Come on over. Right. And sometimes I've, I've had to drive an hour, hour and a half, but it's been well worth it. So just be ready. Okay. This is what I mean. Be ready. Uh, and if you're not ready, then you know, obviously figure out a way to hold that merchandise, you know, in a way that, hey, can we talk about prices over the phone, which I don't advise, but somehow where that, you know, the seller on the other side is not hooked, but is, you know, you're going to be the sole person they're going to sell. Did to. you say you put buy, sell, trade on your business card? Yes. Do you trade? No, I don't. Not at all. Zero. It's just like the, the phrase. I buy, just sell, thought trade. I just I buy and sell. I don't know. I just thought. I put trade in there. I've never. Has I can't, anybody? I can't. Has, has anybody yes. even said like yes. we trade? I've had people want to barter with me. I won't oh, barter. I hate trades. Like I know on like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace when people are like, I'm selling something, and they're like, Will you accept a um, Xbox? And it's like I'm not looking for it. Why would I? I'm trying to sell speakers. Why would I want an Xbox? No, I know. Like, or the best ones we get in San Diego are like, um, Hey, I'm willing to trade for a tattoo. I get those all the time, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want a tattoo. Like, I, I want, I, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> tattoo has no ROI. I mean, it might have ROI, but at this moment in my life, it has no ROI for me. Well, not even just that, but man, tattoos are one of those things where I would want to make sure, like, I know the artist and I know their work. Like, whew, I'm not going to to just somebody who's like, I could do a tattoo. <laughs> but like, how many Yelp reviews do you have? <laughs> I know. All okay, right, so be ready. Right. Be ready to roll. Be ready to have your business cards. Be ready to have the conversation. The next part. Always be friendly and positive. I know this is common sense, but I want to emphasize always. Yeah, that's huge. Like face to face, it's probably even bigger. But like one thing I, I learned, I used to work at a call center and something I learned really quickly at the call center is when you're smiling while you're talking on the phone, people hear it. Really? Right? hundred percent. So, wow. so even if a customer is upset, if you force yourself to smile and you talk to them, like, I love Mike's smile right now. And you're like, you're watching the, okay, if you're like, listening to podcast, really, you would catch us on hey, YouTube. Hey, how's it going? Good morning. And if you're smiling, it comes through on the voice, right? So even, even if you're talking to somebody over the phone, you're networking that way, um, you know, be happy. Like, even if you've got like, one of the things that I know I struggle with sometimes, even with this, like, um, being friendly and positive, a lot of times I can kind of, I don't want to say put on the mask, but like I can, I can, even if there's rough things happening in life, I can be upbeat around other people. But sometimes life can just be like, you're so overwhelmed with pressures and stress and you're sourcing, and you're trying to go quick and it's easier just to be like short with people. Um, but if networking is as important as it seems to be, it's one of those things where like, no matter how bad things are, like if it's like, I don't know how I'm going to make it the next week and this is falling apart. 
separate that from the moment. If there's nothing you can do about it in the moment and genuinely try and be happy when you're talking to people because it makes a difference. When you're happy and positive and when you're happy around other people, people want to be like, they want to be happy with you. Mm -hmm. If you're like smiling and talking mm -hmm. to somebody, even if they're bummed out, like I've, I've known people like this. I have a couple friends who are like this, always like super, almost over the top positive where it's almost a little annoying, but it's really hard to be down when you're around them. Yeah. Right. You no, know, you're right. And so when you're at the garage show, when you're at the thrift store, always go out of the way to say, hi, good morning. How are you doing? Those of you that follow us on Instagram, you'll see us at garage shows. We always go, Hey, how's it going? Oh, I must've missed the crowd or, you know, how, you know, man, it's hot outside. Like whatever way you can break the ice and break that conversation you're instantly separating yourself from everybody else that's there. Yeah. And let us know some of your, like, put in the comments below if you're watching us on what's YouTube. What's your line? Yeah. What's your line? Like, like one of the ones I like to use, especially because I like to be really, really early to garage sales is, you know, something like, oh man, so glad I got my coffee or have you had your coffee yet? You know, something like that where it's like you, you, you kind of humanize the situation, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's now you've got something to, to say with them or, or if you get there a little early and some other people were there first, like. And I'd be like, wow, man, people really show up early to this stuff, huh? And then now you've kind of connected with them of like, man, these crazy people showing up early, even though you're one of them, but like they don't see you as one of them. So there's some interesting things you can do. So yeah, let us know down in the comments. What, what's the line you use to kind of break the ice at a, at a garage sale? And the reason we say that is because the transition to try to, you know, get a better deal on an item or, you know, ask here, here's somebody just shared with us actually on the IG Live where they're at a yard sale. And they had let the person know they're a reseller and they're like, oh, wait, I got more stuff in my house. And they came out with some Gucci and Prada stuff. It's the same scenario. Like, it's easier to have that conversation when you've already broken the ice instead of just cold coming to somebody and going, hey, uh, do you have any more? Like, it's just it's just awkward. You you want to break that. See, Mike, Mike knows. Mike, Mike talks like he's inexperienced, but networking is Mike, Mike can do it. Yeah, no, he's it's done it. It's true. I, I, I do. One of the things that um, I think it's kind of important. I've learned this along the the way years like of experience have kind of shown me. I'm an introvert. Like I know I'm introverted. And it took me a while to learn that there's a difference between like being helplessly shy and being introverted. And being an introvert, which I'm sure probably at least 50% of our listeners are, maybe more, because like you said, this is a, a field, a career some people go into because, you know, they don't want it the pressure of having to be around mm -hmm. a lot of people all the time. Um, being introverted one, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, in fact, some of the most, often the most successful, like business owners and certain people like are introverts, right? Extroverts have a lot of benefits in some areas. Networking comes really easy to them. Introverts think through things a lot of times in different ways and come up with different solutions. So there's nothing wrong with being introverted. And the other thing is it doesn't mean you can't do well around people. What it means is you need to take time at some point every day or every week or whatever, where you are alone so you can re-energize. But it doesn't mean that you can't be do well around other people. You can. It's just draining. So make sure, like for me, eBay Open, I had so much fun. I loved it. I love meeting everybody. Um, but when I'm around lots of people, it drains my energy. Some people, it energizes. So knowing that, I have to take time. I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to go to the gym. Or I'm going to go to bed a little later. I'm going to spend some time reading a book that I want to read, right? That way I'm energized. So when I'm around people... I'm good to go, knowing that it's going to drain some of that that energy. So if you're introverted like me, um, you can do it. Just make sure that you say, I'm okay stepping outside of my comfort zone, talking to people, um, 
smiling and, 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 and being the life of the party temporarily, knowing that I can put that away and be by myself and recharge. Agreed. I think it's a great point. So always be positive. Always be willing to smile. You know, even if, even if the deal doesn't, let's say you have a conversation, right? And you know, they have other items, right? And for a reason, another re I've had this happen. Another reseller steps in at the garage sale or maybe Ugh, you're, that's you're, the worst. I know you're trying to break a, a wholesale deal somewhere and somebody steps in and that seller goes with that individual still say positive, still say smiling. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've had people contact me and say, Hey, so-and-so was supposed to come and pick it up. They didn't show up. I know you were still interested and, and you know, I, I felt that you really were in on getting these items. Come on by, right? It worked out in the end. Okay. Now the other part is you got to be straight up with your reseller. You got to be straight up with the dollars and cents. I, I think in my experience, and I know, and comment below, I could be wrong, but I would say most experienced resellers will say that they're able to go a lot further with brokering a deal. I keep saying brokering with navigating a deal or making a deal happen by being clear about the dollars and cents. All right. I've had, I've had some, you know, somebody offered me something at 50% and I'd say, you know, I really, I, I, I think it's a great deal. But I got shipping fees and I have, you know, I have storage fees and I have other fees. And I really I got to I got to buy stuff at 25 percent to make profit. So if you're willing to make that deal, I can work with you. And, yeah. and maybe you put your number a little bit lower. Yeah, right? I think that's good. I think. Because I'm not experienced with that aspect, I don't tell a lot of people while I'm out reselling that I'm a reseller um, because of that all of my anecdotal experience is me making more profit by not telling people, but I, I'm probably making pennies compared to what I would be making if I were getting those connections and making bigger deals. So I recognize that, but like, I don't ever lie to people. I would never tell somebody like if they asked me or I would never tell them I'm going to do something different with the item. Like, yeah, this is for my, you know, sick child. And he's wanted one of these, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't oh, do that. Terrible. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, like I've mentioned before on the podcast, like, um, I have said like, oh, my son loves these, right? Like, oh, how many, like, did your kid play with these? Like my kid is like, he's, he's, he's only two right now. He's not quite old enough for them. And I don't always like, I'm not trying to mislead people, but I feel like if people see you as a person and like just a normal guy, like sometimes I feel like I get a little bit better deals, but that's all anecdotal. And I do think I miss out on the future deal of, Hey, they've got like a huge collection of Harley gear mm -hmm. that I might be able to make thousands of dollars on. Hey, I made an extra 20 bucks because they gave me a good deal on this little thing. Right. But you know, so you're probably right. I do think I should probably tell, but do you just jump in and tell or only if you're making a big deal? No, if we get to a place, so let, you know, give you an example. One of my first times I had a huge Harley haul was at an estate sale. And I remember the first time this was like early days. Like I, I was still learning reselling. And they had tons of Harley stuff. And so the prices were good. Like I was buying jeans for $2, shirts for like a dollar. Like it was really good. Well, the next day I came and uh, next week I came back, there was more inventory out. And this time the prices were higher. And so I, I spoke to her. I, I call her, I, still to this day, I still call her Harley lady because we developed a, a friendship after that. And what ended up happening was the prices went up and she she was real with me and she goes, you know, last week I sold all these to you at a decent, at a very cheap price. And 
I think I could have sold them for more. And I, I countered and I said, I get it, but you know, I'm, I'm brand new to reselling. I'm trying to make a living reselling. I need to buy them at a certain price point. Can we still work this out? I promise to buy more if we can make this deal happen. And here's what's crazy. What happened with her was that she allowed me and, and I still got the same price. Then the next week, she called me before the estate sale happened. I bought some more. Then she said, hey, if you ever want to help me out in one of my estate sales, I'll pay you and I'll give you first dibs on all the inventory that I have. Because she had more than Harley stuff, right? So being real in that scenario about, hey, I'm a reseller. I have a certain price point. Ended up working out. And I can tell you that that same story over and over and over again. I had uh, another haul where I had a huge amount of uh, trains and they're resellers too. And, you know, they wanted to make their money. I wanted to make my money. And, but I also knew it was the end of the state. So, so I was real with them. I said, Hey, listen, it's the last day. No one has picked up these items. You know, I'm a reseller. You know, I got to make certain profit. What is the bottom dollar you're willing to work with me? And they gave me a pretty low number and I went even lower and I, and I bought it all out, you know? So it, it you got to be straight up with the numbers. I, I think it, it what, what the worst that can happen is they'll come back to you and say, no, sorry, we can't make a deal. But I've had cases where that's happened. And then I get contacted a day or two later because they can't offload what they have. Hmm. Right. Because they're they're going for too much or what ends up happening. And, I, and actually, I think a Craigslist Center has a video about this that they go, well, you know, I know somebody who else who sells this stuff. They may be able to work out a better deal and they'll connect you with someone else. Hmm. Right. So be straight up with the numbers. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk about runs counter to this. Yeah. Be willing to pay up. Yeah. I mean, that's that makes sense, especially if you're if you've got a good connection. You you want to keep that connection, right? Like you don't want to lose it over pennies, right? You don't want to barter, barter, barter in order to make an extra 10 percent profit if that's going to cause bad blood with a relationship. Right. Um, I know you've talked, you've told stories in the past, like especially with Harley stuff where, where somebody comes and, and they, they're not willing to go as low as you want to go, but you also don't want to insult them, right? And you want to keep that going. And sometimes it it does make sense to be willing to pay up, especially, I mean, we've talked a lot about if you can get big bulk deals and if it's, if it's reoccurring, right? If mm-hmm. you're like, I still remember one of the very first garage sales I went to and I, I kicked myself for not, not having a, a business card then. A lady had a ton of like fitness supplements and some of them were close to expiration. Some of them were, were already expired. Some of them were still a little ways from expiration, but she had mentioned that she ran a store or worked for a company that when they got close to expiring, she just would take them home and sell them or throw them away or whatever. And she was selling them at a really good price. And I didn't end up picking up any at the time because I, I didn't, I didn't know enough about them, but I'm like, man, if I could have made that connection. Who knows how often I could have got a deal, but if it was like once every month or once every two months, I could go and and get a good amount of inventory, even if I'm paying up, even if my my ROI is lower on that than it is on anything else I'm selling. But if it's reoccurring and it's guaranteed and it's consistent at that point, it's worth it to pay up. Mm-hmm. And, and I have, a, I just, it just happened to me. I have you know, one of my wholesale connections uh, the first time. I pretty much, I, I still haggled with them, but I pretty much paid more than I thought I should have paid. And so the second time I showed up, they actually upped the price even more. Mm. 
But what I did is I said, hey, listen, you know I'm good for it. The first time around, I, I pretty much paid what you guys had asked. And I know what you guys are telling people for these items. So this time around, like, can, can we still make that deal? But can, can we make it a better deal? Because I'm going to be here again. And, you know, I got the line like, well, for this time, but we can't do it again. Now, what ends up having my experience with that is that that does happen again. It does. In fact, it's so funny because, again, that's one of the things we didn't talk about in the upcoming episode, our level up review. Uh, but Tim Ferriss in his book, Four Hour Review, or Four Hour Work Week, made that comment that if you can get a boss to, to tell them one time, like, how about just this one time you let me not go to the meeting and I think I can be more productive at my desk. If they make the exception once, they're likely to continue to make it, especially if you prove that it was worthwhile, that you mm -hmm. were more productive. But he said the flip is also true. If your bosses can sucker you in and say, just this once, can you stay late? And as soon as you say yes, just once turns into multiple times, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I think that's true. If you can make that good deal just once, it's it's kind of greasing the wheel for the future. Yeah, and, and this part of networking, right? You made that connection. And so what ended up happening was not only did I get a better deal, there are a few other items that they went really high on price. And I said, ah, you know what? This is the highest I can go, but I can't take some of this. And they gave me all of it for a good price. Mm -hmm. So be willing to pay up because like Mike said earlier, like you don't want to, you know, make that money on that first go around, but then you miss out on who knows many, how many opportunities after because you decided to go cheap the first time. It's always to me, in my opinion, worth it to pay up the first few times. And then if it constantly happens, then you got to reassess, like, is this really a networking opportunity that's helped me to level up? So, okay. With that being said, hey, real quick, I want to let you guys know, if you have not followed us on Instagram, we're always sharing knowledge, updates, you know, what's going on in the reselling world, where are some bolos. Follow us on Instagram, Pure Podcast. On Twitter, we are Pure Cast. On Facebook, we are Pure Podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, and you haven't seen our YouTube, check out our YouTube, subscribe, hit that like button, you know, comment below. If you're listening to a podcast, reviews always help. Sharing our podcast always helps. We're at 126 reviews. They're awesome. And I, I appreciate you guys taking the time, right? It's been so just, it's just encouraging to read them. And also you can give us a call 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170, or email us, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we'll put a link. We got a few shirts available. I know some listeners that are on Instagram missed out, but we do have our shirts on sale. So we'll put a link below if you want to purchase them and uh, help us out there. And there's also a PayPal link if you want to say thank you in a monetary way. I think I covered all of what I needed to cover. Is that everything? Did I get everything? I think so. Okay. So before we move on to the last section. Oh, no, not even. The last, we still got to talk about social. Social. Let's talk about that with perfect. Yeah. You know, way to now, since we're talking about social media, which, you know, Instagram that that we're on and all of that, um, social media is actually huge for reselling, too, right? Huge, huge. Like, I can't even explain to you how, what a big deal it is. I, I think maybe five years ago, you could you could. I would say do really well by just maybe watching YouTube and that's it. But now I think. You know, the Facebook groups have exploded in the last, I would say they were actually exploding five years ago. Mm. Right. I mean, there's some Facebook groups of like 10,000, like massive. Right. And the other part is Instagram, I think is the next 
or maybe it has been the next level on social media as far as the reselling community. Yeah, it, it really is. One of the things that's neat about social media is it does multiple things. One, it's almost instantaneous, right? I remember I, I haven't read a newspaper in a while because of social media. Um, I still get good sources of, of news coming in. But, you know, you used to have to wait. You know, you wait until a certain radio program came on. You waited until TV show, the news came on. You waited until the morning paper came out. And then you got your news. And then there was no dialogue in between, right? Maybe mm -hmm. amongst friends at the work table, you talk about what was going on in the news. Social media connects people instantly. Mm -hmm. And it connects with what's going on in the reselling world, right? So, one, you're getting constant updates and information of what's going on ebay changes amazon changes actually one of the bolos. first places you get information is on the social media platforms yeah no absolutely 100 percent because it's so fast and then it allows a dialogue right which i think is so you know kind of teachers have buzzwords right and like web 2.0 is kind of like <laughs> oh a bubble goodness. buzzword yeah. for a while and there was a transition where at one point the internet was a place where you went to get information then a switch occurred where the internet then became a place where people were not just receiving information, but they were contributing information. And there was this constant like flow of information going back and forth. People were creating, people were consuming. And one of the things social media does so well is we can post something on Instagram, right? Here's what we happened with a customer. Then we get a comment, right? And somebody says like, oh, I had that same thing happen. Here was my result. And then somebody else comments on that and says, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Like that helps me. And now one person's post now has 50 people responding on it. And all of those things are in adding to the conversation. It's making it more in depth. And, you know, there's the easy way of thinking of social media, right? Like just getting bolos. Like sometimes you can get that stuff, but man, there's so much that you learn from incredible people who are posting stuff. That's like, man, I never thought of listing like that, or I never thought of doing that or, Ask a question, like, especially if you're part of, of of a group, right? Like, ask the question, like, what do I do if a customer says this? People are going to offer advice, and and it's it's extremely helpful. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. And it's a tour to network. I can't tell you how I was able to network with so... I went to eBay Open, and it was weird because... I see people that I've been, you know, DMing on social media or been contacting us and you hug them as if you knew them for like a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. Was that a little awkward? I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't awkward, but it was like surreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely surreal because yeah, it's, it's hard to recognize sometimes to, to, to humanize the fact that you really are talking to a person, mm -hmm. right. That, and that's one of the things that I think causes people to be hesitant with social media is they're not really thinking about it as, hey, I'm talking to another person, just like me, right? Like a person who's trying to resell in order to make a living. And so when you connect it to like, hey, like I'm, this is a person, it, it can make it easier if you're a little hesitant to get on, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just a name. And it's especially sometimes you see like a person who's got like a lot of followers on Instagram or or they've got a big, you know, following on Facebook or something. And it's easy to think like, oh, I, I'm, I can't be connected to them. But, but they're a person just like you. And they've had struggles reselling and they're still having struggles and they've got some things to offer and you've got some things to offer and and you can network and you can connect with them through social media in ways that you can never connect with people in the past. Agreed. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, people find out what you're selling. And so if you've developed relationships, whether 
you know, direct messaging, commenting on somebody's Insta story or commenting on their posts and somehow you develop that connection, that person later on may go, hey, I don't sell these items, but I caught this at this garage sale or I was at this. I mean, in the local game here, we have plenty. Of, actually, we got DM today. Somebody that said, hey, we noticed that you guys sell a lot of vintage stuff, a lot of 90s clothing and stuff. I sell household goods. If I ever run into any of that stuff in San Diego, I'll make sure to shoot you a direct message. Like that's a huge networking opportunity, right? All, all I had to do was a, be a social media presence, right? I didn't know who that person was, but they knew I was in San Diego and they knew you was a reseller. And now we have that connection, right? I, I think about, uh, you know, our friends, Hugo and Tiffany and Will and Jenny, right? Uh, so quick, quick, quick and thrifty nomads. I never would have sourced Los Angeles ever. I mean, I drove in, I've driven up to Temecula. I mean, I did source when Toys R Us shut down, but outside of that, never. And guess what? Through those networking opportunities, I have sourced areas that I never would have sourced. And we sell different things, right? So quick, ship quick, are very big on women's clothing. I'm very big on men's clothing. So when we go into a store, it kind of works. And those networking opportunities has allowed me to level up my game. And I have learned from them what are some items to look out for. Right. In women's brands. Yeah. And realistically, I can imagine if you're reselling, especially if you're reselling full time, it can it could probably feel pretty lonely. Right. Especially because entrepreneurship is becoming more popular. But we talk about it all the time, like reselling. It's kind of hard sometimes to explain to people and really get people to understand what it is you do. Um, I mean, I've got a lot of friends who, you know, we, I talk to them about the podcast or I talk to them <laughs> about reselling and they're kind of just like, oh, OK, OK. And it's hard to like be excited with them about something. Now I might share something else in common with them. Like, oh, you like this board game too? Like we could talk about that. But the cool thing with social media and networking with other resellers is there is an instant connection and you can find other like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Like where else could you do that? Like it used to be, like I remember back when I was younger and I was into vintage audio and some friends of mine who were way more into it, they would meet up like, they'd go to actual meetups like twice a year and they'd drive and there'd be like 30 other people that would come. They'd bring a bunch of stuff. And they'd all get together or like imagine people do the same thing with like old vintage cars. Right. And they get together in like parking lots. And they and there's something to be said being around people who are like minded with you. Right. It's really hard to do that all the time in person when you can actually talk and connect with people who are passionate about the same things you're passionate about. It's huge. It like it it energizes you and it helps you to feel like what you're doing is important and meaningful. And it's if it's what you love, you want to talk about it. And if your friends don't love it, they don't want to hear about it. Yeah, agreed. So make I, sure you have some friends to do it. One of the best quotes I, I'll always remember is when I went back to Wisconsin and met, you know, hung out with my friends that I hadn't seen in 20 years. They were very, one of them goes, Orlando, no one really cares that you have a podcast or that you resell. Like, you're just Orlando. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't hurt, but I was like, all right, that's a reality check. Right. But in our own little niche, our own little world, like totally feel like we're part of a bigger community of family. We feel connected the whole different world. Right. So first tip about networking on social media, be there, <laughs> be there. Very simple. Now, the second one is provide value. Don't just take. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I think there's nothing wrong with starting out being like a lurker, right? Like it, that's a good way to kind of realize that okay it's not so bad i can't tell you how many forums on the internet like i've started out with just like reading and reading and reading and reading and you start to realize by doing that who is providing value you can quickly identify when you are on internet forums or 
on Instagram, like, wait a minute, these same four or five names are constantly coming up. They're providing a lot of content. I'm going to spend more of my time looking at their stuff. And before long, you're learning things from them. And then you have stuff that you can start to contribute. And I think, I think that's true. And, and one of the things that's scary, like, I just think about it for me. Like when I first started reselling, I knew nothing, right? Now I know a little bit more than nothing, but not a lot. And so it's easy for me to think like I've got nothing to contribute, but how many times even during the podcast have I said something and and told you about a, a, something I purchased a bolo and you're like, I never heard of that before. Or even our listeners go, I I appreciate that Mike shared that, like that definitely provided value and helped me out. Yeah. And it's crazy to think like, wait a minute. I like you sent me one time a a hooked on phonics thing that you bought. Right. And sold for money. Right. Cause I only picked it up with you. Right. Like, it's so weird to think like, wait a minute, I had something that I could teach Orlando like that's so weird and and you have something too right if you're a veteran reseller you've got a wealth of knowledge that that the world needs to know right like obviously don't divulge your deep dark secrets that you know trade secrets that are going to sink yeah. your your you know business but please contribute you you help the people who are trying really desperately to succeed and need a little boost and if you are new you still have something to contribute. Yeah. And but I will say in a strategic you know way of thinking things you got to remember like you need leverage, right? If you want somebody to work with you, if you want somebody to to give you something or you know cuz you know we don't mind answering questions, right? But sometimes we get just constant questions, right? Like very basic like you can google this or you can find it, right? And we don't mind helping. That's what we always say we're DM away. We're here to help. But not all resellers are like that, right? And so if you want to, you know, connect with someone and you want to learn from someone or you're looking to see how they do things, like, it's kind of like the garage sale thing. Like, good morning. How are you doing? It's the same mentality. Like, oh, that's awesome that you picked that up or, you know, appreciate you sharing that with us. And you're, you're establishing that connection. You're providing value. Now, that value may not be something that's practical, but you're giving them an ROI of encouragement. And they're more going to be willing to network with you and help you out and give you ideas than if you're constantly barraging people, right, with just very basic questions instead of providing them value. And I, I will say, you know, we, we hear this a lot, right? We hear about, oh, you know, these resellers are too big for us and never get back to us. But you got to you got to give them, you know, I think a little bit of slack, understand that they probably get hundreds of DMs, right? And a lot of them are very basic one-on-one questions, which, you know, they got to leverage their time too, right? So that's what I mean. You want to get, you know, I say you want to get in, but you want to be able to, you know, have that kind of circle of of discussion with that individual. You got to provide value. You can't just keep taking. Yeah. And I think, I think um, and we're a bad example of this, I think, because, and I, I'm- That's not good to hear. Well, I'm going off a little bit of what you said, but we're a bad example in the sense that we're not so big, right? Like we're not no, so huge not that we're, close. but sometimes it is a little bit disheartening when like we've posted like three episodes in a row talking about a specific topic. And then somebody messages us a question that we've talked about like in the last couple of weeks, like pretty extensively. And it's kind of like Orlando and I spent a lot of time like making this podcast and talking about it. Like if you'd have listened to the podcast, you would know. And so one of the things like if you're trying to talk to, to a really big reseller, like somebody way big, that's got a lot of like a professional, like 
they've got a ton of knowledge in a field, maybe come on and say like, hey, I've watched all of your YouTube videos or I've, I've, I've spent several hours watching your YouTube videos. I've enjoyed this, this, and this, and I learned this. I had a question. You said X and I'm, I'm, does it mean Y or does it mean then they're more likely to answer your question because yeah, you've just encouraged them. You've proved to them that like, Hey, I'm not just trying to get information and run, but, but I actually am listening to what you're saying and I'm trying to apply what you're saying. I just need a little bit of help with this. That's a totally different way of asking the question than just how do I research this, right? But if you say like, hey, I listened to your episode or I, I watched your YouTube video on X, um, I just had a question on this. You're, you're more likely probably to get a response. Yeah. Because that's contributing. Yeah, you want to, again, you want to provide value because in the end, right, that's why I think the reselling community is so vibrant is because the people that have stuck around for so long is that they contributed, 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 right? And eventually that allowed them to grow. And then there's others that have come alongside and, and they're new and they've contributed. And and ultimately, it's kind of like the symbiotic relationship where both groups, you know, are providing value. And so when you're networking, it doesn't look like it's a one-way relationship. It actually, it's mutual and it works. So that's all I'll say about that. And the yeah, other- that's good. I, I'm just kind of going yeah. on before you... That works for everything, right? Agreed. Like when agreed. you're trying yeah. to apply for a job or you're trying to make a, a, a connection with somebody, never just start with what you can get from them, but also include how you can help them, mm-hmm. right? Like, agreed. Um, and, and we we've we've seen this before. Like, you know, it's a lot of YouTubers talk about this, but like, it's easier to tell somebody like, um, I will do X, Y, and Z. Like I will, I will be a free intern for you. If, if for a year, six months, learn how you do this thing. Uh, if you're willing to teach me, um, I, I, and then now show what you can provide to them. I've done X, Y, and Z. I've got a lot of energy and effort in this and then contribute to them. They're going to be more willing to help you, right? Because nobody wants to just give everything that they have and never get anything returned. So a good negotiating technique is what do you have to offer somebody else, right? And and that works for when you're going to look for a job, right? Like tell the employer, here's why hiring me is going to help your company. Not just, well, I want this job so I can make more money, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a one-way street. So always think about how, how you can benefit them and they can benefit you and come to the table with that and know, and part of that is just doing some self-reflection and, and really trying to figure out like, what do you have to offer? Because you do have something it just might take you to sit down and say, what is that thing? What do I know about? And when you're reading through posts and forms on Instagram, you might realize like, wait a minute, I know a lot about this thing they're talking about. Nobody's answering this question correctly. Boom. There you go. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I can't, I can't agree more with what you're saying. All right. The last one. Okay. Be open. This is what I'll say. So on social media, social media tends to be the place where people will sometimes <clears throat> share a personal agenda, share a political agenda, share personal opinions. And you might go, you know what? I'm not going to network with that person. I'm not going to talk to that person. I'm offended, blah, 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 blah. Right? But here's the thing. We're all in it for reselling. Right? And we all have our particular, Mike and I have particular views on stuff and, and so on. But I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've seen, you know, people have missed opportunities because they've let, you know, one comment or something that was said or some, you know, something that happened on social media and they go, I'm not going to work with that person. So what happens? Somebody else goes, hey, 
I'm, you know, I have no problem with that individual. I'm willing to work with this person. And they end up getting a connection. It could be a connection for wholesale. It could be, you know, they have a big lot that they purchased that that's not their thing. And they're trying to offload it. Like you never know. So understand, like we all, I don't know, maybe you should jump on here. Cause I I'm very big on this. Like ultimately we're there to build each other up. We're trying to help each other out in the reselling community. And so being open to other perspectives, being open to, to listening to others is a big deal and not letting that get in the way of business is an even bigger deal. Agree. I, I mean, I got nothing else, but I, I see it happen all the time. And, and and I, especially with new sellers that approach us, like they'll, you know, they'll drop someone's name or they'll say something. And I just go, listen, ultimately people are going to have their own beliefs. They're going to have their own, own agendas. The, the key thing is, hey, if you want to level up your game, regardless of that person feels about A, Y or Z, they can do it. And it's worth your time to listen and to make that connection with them. So that's my advice about being open. Good stuff. I like it. And with that, are you open to hustle of the week? Yeah. So um, before we get on to the last part, which is our meetup section, we're going to go through our hustle of the week. Uh, so we're going to talk about our hustles. But before we get to our hustles, we have some pretty awesome listener yeah, hustles of awesome the week. Oh, we so, always do. Yeah. So please make sure you're, you're constantly sending those in using that hashtag. Uh, so I think I got the first one here. So um, our first one comes from Josh. His Instagram handle is at Aussie.hustle. So he came across a pair of, is it D squared? D squared. D squared? Two. D squared two jeans at a mom and pop shop in Melbourne, Australia. Man, I want to go to Australia. That'd be cool. Okay, again, repeat that. Melbourne, Australia. We have a we have listeners in Australia. That's really cool. I mean, that is it's just incredible. And the fact that they they use the hashtag hustle of the week. And the fact that I, th this is why I love this. Because we get, uh, you've seen them, we get international resellers or people that want to resell in other countries that go, I can't make it happen. It's tough here, blah, blah, blah. But all the time, I hear people from Australia. I hear people from Germany. You know, I, I've heard people from Latin America. Like, it's tough. I will say it's probably more difficult in certain areas than others, but it still is doable to level up your life with uh, reselling. All right, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So he picks up these, uh, this pair of jeans. For $10. So new these jeans retail for $1,000. Tell you what, I don't know if this is an Australia-only brand, but I will be keeping an eye out at thrift stores and yeah. garage sales for this brand. So it took a little bit to sell. Um, they were used, so it wasn't able to get the entire 1000 but sold them for $160 from a $10 purchase just at a local thrift store. That is a hustle of the week. A mom, a mom and pop store. Mom and pop store. Yes. Yeah. It wanted to be clear with that. And brand new reseller... He's only been selling for a few months, but Josh, definitely incredible job doing that research, you know, being patient, right? I'm sure you got some low offers and then selling that jeans that sell for over a thousand. Keep an eye, D-square jeans. I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, that's why, again, I say follow the hashtag because they're bolos, right? And he did. He did the hashtag. All right. So I like this one because this one's close to home. So there's this guy, Jesus who he, uh, I used to, he, I used to work with him at, you know, when I was an administrator mm -hmm. and you know who he is. And, uh, I, here's what's sad. So he got interested in reselling. I want to share a little story here. So I'm like, Hey, you know, come out. I, you know, I always find scores, blah, blah, blah. 
First time we go community garage sale, all I picked up for the entire time was seven Harley shirts. That is all. So I'm like, oh, he's totally like done with reselling. He's not going to do it. But Jesus saw that there was more to be done. So Jesus IG handle is stained by red. And he, he this is what he did. Now, we haven't have we shared this tip? The next door app? Have we talked about that? Okay. Do you know what the next door app is? Mm -mm. Okay. So the next door app is a neighborhood app. A lot of you out there probably know about it, but if you live in a certain, you know, part of whatever town or whatever, you can, you go to the next door app, you, you know, click on whatever neighborhood you're in, you put your name and your address and so on. And then within that community, it's kind of like Craigslist within mm -hmm. an app. So there's like classifieds, there's like jobs, there's, if you want to sell stuff, there's if you want to buy a home, if you want to rent, like within that app. So check it out. Next door app. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not yet, at least. Now I've used next door app too. I, I sh probably should have talked about this earlier. So on the next door app, saw that there was a guy that was giving away free speakers back in February. Picked up those free speakers, you know, sold them. The owner said they were planning on having a yard sale in May or June sometime, but they hated doing yard sales. So Jesus goes, hey, you know what? I'm willing to show up before and I can take off, you know, some of these things off your hands. So the guy get, gets a hold of him, right? We, this is perfect because this deals with our networking podcast right now that we're talking about. Picks up a Suzuki Omnicord OM-300. Do you know what those are? Mm -mm. They're like these keyboard things. I don't know. Just Google it, okay? <laughs> Whatever the case is, paid $15 for it. And flipped it for $235 plus shipping. Not too shabby. Not Good too job, shabby. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, number one, you didn't give up on reselling. Props to you. Even though I probably showed a terrible example that day. It wasn't my fault, though. Number two, I didn't even told you about the next door app. He just did it. He figured it out. And number three, he did the research. Brand That's new tough. reseller. That's legit. So hats off to you. Jesus, IG handle. Stained by red. I like it. All right. Our next one comes from Kyle. Uh, Instagram handle is the Rydell. Repeat hustle of the week. Yeah. It's been it's been a few months, but he keeps hitting us with these insane hustle of the week. I thought, you know what? We need to bring them back. All right. Good stuff. So he bought a bunch of ham radio equipment on offer up for $360. Um, I've actually a few times toyed around with the idea of getting into ham radio. Haven't done it though. Uh, so he ends up picking up uh, 10 large pieces and eight smaller pieces, uh, paid $360 for all of them. So, uh, they averaged out to about $20 each. Right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, he sold five so far of the smaller ones for $550 total. Right. Yep. And then the big one, $900 plus $50 shipping. And I forgot to type one more thing in there. It was sold for parts. That's amazing. That's a hustle of the month. Yeah, no, that's really Maybe good. Maybe of the year, don't know. Uh, no, I mean, you never know. I mean, I, you might be like ham radio. I, I don't sell vintage audio stuff. But man, if you can find things that are unique, and the more you do it, the more I think you realize too. Like you go into thrift stores and the very first time you look, if you've never looked at electronics before, the very first time you look at speakers, you think they're all worth a lot of money. And you look them up and then you realize, nope, 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 mm -hmm. nope. And eventually you start to be quicker at finding things. And once you see a lot of things, you might not even know a brand, you might not know anything about ham radio, but if you're like, I never see this stuff, like this, this particular type of, 
I don't see this very often. And I think that's probably, especially with like niche categories like that. A lot of people have speakers, very few people have ham radio, right? So if you can find some vintage stuff, probably worth money. Yeah. So. And just to throw a shout out, Craigslist Hunter has stuff like that all the time he talks about. He's had a few videos recently where it's all about like what's sold and, and he has, it's all hard goods and it's awesome. So anyways, throw that out there. Hey, the right though, I can tell you, he's the guy that was selling like bobbleheads for over a hundred dollars. I can't tell you how many hustles a week he has had. So I don't know. You know, I'm just, it's one of those things like research, research, research. So thank you so much, uh, Josh from Australia, Aussie.hustle on Instagram. Hey, Seuss, staying by red on Instagram and Kyle, the Rydell on Instagram. Now it's time for our hustle of the week. Yeah. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. Um. So I remember several podcasts back, I talked about uh, interesting garage that I went to where the guy actually had uh, a model, not a model, but a uh, replica DeLorean. <clears throat> he was really into Back to the Future, right? Yeah. And he like, he was selling stuff. This is one of those times where I didn't tell him I was a reseller, but being nice and like, you know, opened up doors. Literally, Networking. literally opened up his garage door, right? Like it wasn't open before. And we were talking about, you know, um, the stuff that he had and why he had so many collector stuff. And he's like, do you like back to the future? And I was like, well, it's like my wife's favorite movie. And so he's like, come check this out. And he like brings me around to the side and he opens up his garage door. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, what is he going to show me right now? And he had like a full on redone DeLorean. It was super cool. That's awesome. Um, but anyway, so I bought three <clears throat> DeLorean cars from him, like little model cars. And I remember I looked them up and they had some pretty decent comps. Um, but he wouldn't budge very much on the numbers, right? Like, I think I think he wanted like $20 each for them. And I was able to talk him down, I think to like $10 a piece for three of them. It was a set of three different uh, DeLorean cars. And he was like, I know you're looking that up. You know they're worth money, right? And I was like, well, you know. And I've had so many lowball offers. Really? So many. It's the worst. And it's to the point <laughs> where... I was like, you know what? These are never going to sell for what I was hoping they'd sell for. I'm going to, I should have just taken one of the higher low ball offers. I'm going to be stuck kind of breaking even on these, right? Like lots of offers at like $30, $40. Just sold them for $90 plus shipping. Nice. No questions asked, no offers, just boom, bought it full price. So was it a huge profit? No, but it was nice to see that holding off paid off, right? That not taking, the first few lowball offers, knowing that, you know what? I could probably get a little bit more for this because there was no comps as high as I was putting them up for, um, but I got it. So it felt good. It's a good hustle. That's a cool hustle. I, I mean, I'd have a hard time selling the DeLoreans. What would you do with them? Stare at them. Watch them. Be, do you, do you have cool. a lot of model cars? No. It'd just be cool. Anyways, all right. We'll be back. <laughs> all right. So... Mine's kind of interesting. So <clears throat> I have this constant place where I'm able to source certain things. And I ended up picking up a pair of boots. And I picked up these these boots and, you know, they're, uh, what do you call them? Lucchese? I always mess them up. Lucchese, whatever, okay? So I picked them up and usually they go for money. They go, you know, usually $100, $150. So I, I'm in the process of listing them, right? And usually when you list them, you know, you kind of already know the price range, but these were different. There's something about them. And I go, you know what? I need to do a little more research. So if you ever find an item and you don't know what it's worth, 
I strongly encourage you to do everything you can. Don't spend a whole amount of time. There comes a time where you got to just stop and just list it because, you know, you might go, I, this should be at Southern B. It may, it probably is not, but sometimes it might, but there has to be a point where you make that call. So with these, I couldn't find them. So I looked at the serial numbers and I typed in the serial numbers. So the serial numbers ended up, you know, there's all these Google images. That, so I use Google images if I can't figure out what something is, right? Because I'm trying to find like keywords, right? Because whoever's looking for that item isn't going to look for just Lucchese boots. They're going to want Lucchese, whatever the brand is, boots. So I look and then I see them and I'm like, huh, interesting. Okay, I paid 20 bucks. I'd be happy if I could flip it for 100. I look and on the website, the Lucchese... <laughs> Please correct me. Do a little phonetic like sounds in the comments if I'm mispronouncing these. These. So mine are in kind of there's so some light wear to them. So well loved. They're well loved, but they're not like they're not bad at all. Used but not abused. Yeah, yeah, no, these are gently used. Okay, I look up the retail on these boots. Two thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars for new. For new. Okay. Directly from the company. Now, obviously things depreciate, but on cowboy boots that are like that high end, they don't depreciate much. That's been my experience. So that is my hustle of the week to be continued. So we're going to see how much they sell for. Yeah. And if they ever do so, here's what I find. Three so, years from now, we're going to be like, so have those. That, uh, no, I, that's what I mean. Because it's so, you know, think about it. Like how many people are out there that are willing to drop 2K on a pair of cowboy boots? Yeah. Right. It, you know, it has to be a certain buyer to buy it. So make sure to, uh, to get rid of any price tag on the bottom of them. That is true. That did just happen to Mike. So you got an offer declined, right? Yeah. Uh, bad. It's okay. No, these didn't have the price on them at all. So these were good. And again, do the research. You never know, right? Maybe you know what would have been crazy if I listened to them for 150 and sold them and I would have never known, never known. Right. But you can't live in the unknown. You got to live in the known. All right. That's Orlando's uh, quote of the week. Quote of the week. Now let's finish up our networking to level up. All right. So next we're going to be talking about meetups. Meetups. Oh, okay. This is kind of like social media. First of all, be there. Like th any, any opportunity to meet up, you should go. Yes. Meeting people in person, especially, I feel like this is almost like steps, right? Like the first step is social media. That's huge. It's probably like 90% of what you're going to get your benefit from. But like you said, when you're at eBay Open or when you're at your meetups that we've done and you actually get to meet somebody face to face, it changes the game. Uh, completely changes the game. And they're more willing to have open conversations with you because they met you in person. Right. OK, so let me go back to social media a little bit real quick. If you have a social media account and you do not have pictures of yourself or if you don't have any pictures, it's going to be really hard to network. Right. And we, I get people all the time that ask us very, not personal, but like kind of personal questions. And I'm like, Hey, you don't have a social media presence. Like I'm not going to share. Right. But if you do have a social media presence, people are more willing to open up to you. And it's the same thing at meetups, right? You develop that relationship online through social media. And then when you meet them in person, that's going to allow you to network even more. It's just going to take it to that next level. Right. I feel like we're like, this is like eHarmony. Right. We'll help you find your reselling match. <laughs> yeah. Meet, meet online, meet in person. It might be a match. All right. Now, 
Resellersmatch.com. There you go. That's our new Trademarked. venture. Trademarked. All right. Now, I will also say when you go to these meetups, and this is common sense, listen more than you talk. What if everybody does that? Well, okay. Obviously, there's a, but here's, here's what I enjoyed. Our Peter Olson podcast meetup, no one there was like, I make 100K a year, mm. right? No one was like, oh, I got, you know, no one was dropping numbers or like, this is what I sold. It was more like, hey, what do you do? What do you sell? And from that, I, myself, you, others have said, number one, I felt so motivated. Number two, I learned about items that I never learned before. Then we had other people that like made connections for sourcing from that meetup. Yeah, like went out sourcing right after the meetup. And someone sourcing, and they learned from that opportunity. So that networking opportunity had ROI of connecting with others, but also ROI that they can put in their pockets. So that is why I truly believe, like if eBay open, again, I know the price tag, well, you know, it wasn't cheap, but I can tell you the ROI, multiply that times a lot. Definitely worth going to. Definitely connecting with other resellers. Yeah. Huge. So, all right. And the last one here about meetups. Don't make it all about business. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the big things, too. It's like you you get an instant connection with somebody when they're into the same thing you're into, right? Like we already talked about that. If, if you meet somebody, it's like, I mean, that was one of the cool things about eBay Open. You could basically, you could be sitting at a table, standing by somebody and just turn over and look at them and say, so what do you sell? Mm -hmm. Right? Boom. Conversation started. But as the conversations go, it is nice to start learning about people's lives and who they are and have fun and, you know, enjoy the food that you're eating. Right. And, and not just be business, 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 because once you have that connection with somebody over something that's that's mutual and combined, it opens up the door to deeper friendships. Right. Mm -hmm. It opens up the door to, you know. It's like anything. which leads to later business connections because you develop that trust with that person. Right. Yeah. Share a meal with somebody. Right. Like that's huge. Like go break bread with somebody. Go like you, you know, you, when you go down to L.A. and you you source with, you know, sell quick, ship quick or thrifting nomads, you go out and you eat with them. Yeah, right. We hang out. We talk about non reselling stuff and a lot of it's reseller related, but we joke around. And again, they'll say, hey, Orlando, they'll they'll contact me. Hey, we came across this. Are you interested in this? Or, hey, here's a great place we go to blah, blah, blah. Now, I will be transparent with you at eBay open. I dropped the ball. Like I had moments where I got super awkward with people because all I did is talk business and I wish I didn't because I didn't put a strain on that relationship, but networking is going to be harder now because now I've, I've created this barrier that I was only interested in what they had to share with about their business and I wasn't truly interested in them. And so, you know, I'm sorry, whoever it was out there that you know who you are and maybe you got that awkward feel from Orlando, when you talk to them, I wasn't trying to be like that, but it happens sometimes because you get uncomfortable and the, your go-to is I'm only going to go to networking because I really, I mean, I'm only going to go to business because I have nothing else to share with them. But, you know, asking questions is a lot easier, right? You don't have to necessarily talk about yourself. Just ask questions like, hey, you know, how's life before you came out to EB Open? Is there a lot that you have to catch up on? What's it going to look like when you get back? Those are really easy questions to break that conversation. Yeah. And um, just like a, a tip uh, when it comes to connecting with people, man, some of the people that I like the most 
and sometimes it's not until a little bit after the conversation because I'm I'm really big on like you know when we talk about being introverted I I process stuff again multiple times mm-hmm. and I think like run through it again and I realize like some of the people I like the most it's because they ask so many questions and let me talk about myself and I don't even realize that's what's happening until later but people love to talk about themselves mm-hmm. so if you give somebody that opportunity if while you're with somebody you just like like Orlando said ask a question. Be genuine, listen, care about what they have to say and let them tell you about their model of reselling and then let them tell you about how they quit their job and then what they did for a living before that and what what their family's like and whatever else they want to talk to you about and be interested and ask them questions and they're going to talk about themselves. People love to talk about themselves. And man, I find like the people, it's not it's not until after a conversation, they're like, man, there's something about that person. You know what? they were really interested in what I had to say, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, I think one of the reasons we're even bringing this up, because it's not like trying to teach you how to you know, talk to people, like that's not the case here, but it can feel weird. Like I remember even when we went to our, our meetup, there's a certain feeling of awkwardness, <laughs> yep. right? Of like, what do we talk about? What do I say? And part of it is just take a deep breath, go to the meetup. If it's your first time going to a meetup and just be willing to talk to people, be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to ask questions and then they're probably going to ask me questions and the conversations happen and it's not as scary as you think it's going to be. It really isn't. And if you make them feel good and they make you feel good because you guys are all talking and sharing and growing together, then you get those lifelong connections that that will up not just your your reselling game potentially, but you know, you got friends and that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And again, I know we didn't cover everything, right? We had people on the live asking about, you know, what about Walmart and what about thrift stores? Like everything we shared is universal, right? It applies to all of these, right? I mean, maybe on the social media, you got to be careful with the store that shall not be named and so on. But all the others, you know, from being ready to being friendly and positive, being straight up, providing value, like all the things we shared are universal, whether you're at a thrift store or at a garage sale or on social media or at a meetup, they all will help you network and level up your game. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. And networking. Please. Please. <laughs>